Welcome to A Matter of Time, a podcast by Tag Heuer. I'm your host, Nicholas Bebeck, Heritage Director at Tag Heuer, and someone with a great, long-lasting love for fine Swiss watchmaking. In this season, we're talking about the Carrera in its 60th anniversary. Today, we're going to talk about a defining moment for the Swiss watchmaking industry. It's the 3rd of March, 1969, at the Hotel Intercontinental in Geneva. Jack Hoyer, Willie Breitling, and a number of other industry personalities are gathered in a conference room on the top floor of the building to launch something that has never appeared in the watchmaking industry before. The first commercially available automatic chronograph movement that will be available worldwide is going to make its debut. And at the same time, simultaneously, at the top of the Pan Am building in New York, the exact same news conference is taking place with a host of industry representatives there to share it with the world. It's hard to imagine how groundbreaking the Calibre 11 automatic chronograph movement was when it arrived in the marketplace. But for years, various players in the marketplace had been chasing this holy grail of complications. We know that around the same time, Zenit had been developing their El Primero movement from the beginning of the 1960s, and Seiko had also been working on the reference 6139 with its own automatic chronograph caliber. The approach that Hoyer and its partners took was rather different. From the mid-1960s, it was clear that there was a drop in sales and exports for manual wind chronograph-powered watches. As automatic time-only pieces became increasingly dominant and the convenience had won over consumers, it was obvious that something had to be done to allow the chronograph to power itself. Given the cost of developing this new movement, a number of industry players had to work together. With Jack Hoyer and Willie Breitling acting as vice president and president of the Swiss Chronograph organization, they were the ones with their finger on the pulse. They knew exactly what was going on and how to make the move ahead. Fortunately, they both occupied very different disciplines. Breitling was very much focused on aviation. Hoyer was really covering the motorsport discipline. So it was natural for them to come together and work on the project. Jack's father, Charles Edouard, had identified the idea of combining a micro-rotor movement at the time from Buren with a chronograph module in the early 1960s. But at the time, Buren's calibers were just too thick to make a package that was suitable for a wristwatch. In the late 1960s, Buren debuted a thinner version of their micro-rotor movement, so the time was right. Working with Dupois Duprat to develop a chronograph module that would sit on top, they created this modular design that would comfortably be housed within what would be seen as an ergonomic watch worn by a wide variety of wrist sizes. So it was this dream team within the Swiss watchmaking industry that was able to pull together the players, the finances, the suppliers to create this revolutionary movement. Leading up to the launch in 1969, a whole portfolio of watches was created for Hoya to debut the movement. The Otavian Carrera lines were successful names the company wanted to continue, but the cases would have to go through substantial redesigns to accommodate the new calibre. Using this C-shaped aesthetic, as we call it, that would welcome the 1970s, something that was more sleek and ergonomic and communicative of this space-age contemporary design that was so popular at the time, together with the totally revolutionary Monaco that no one had seen before, these three model lines would form the foundation of the new collection going forward. For the Carrera, it was the reference 1163. 
initially launched with a so-called black dial, but really more of a blue with the brass showing through underneath. The very earliest models most coveted by collectors were the chronomatic name. The word was a combination of the automatic of the caliber and the chronograph complication, of course. And whilst it was put forward by Jack and Willie together, when it made its way out to consumers, it wasn't so well understood. So Jack quickly decided to just simply replace it with the automatic chronograph wording. This meant that these early chronomatic Carreras are extremely rare, highly desirable, and today hugely valuable in the marketplace. Not long afterwards, the model line would evolve and we would see a silver dial added to the collection to complement the black. So going into the 1970s, Hoya had a brand new portfolio of watches, a groundbreaking movement, a fantastic advertising agency to support them in their efforts, international distribution. It felt like the sky was the limit for the company. And it would be the next great step into the world of motor racing that would really cement Hoya's reputation as the de facto timing partner for the world of motorsport in the most prestigious theater, Formula One. We'll be covering the great story of how this relationship came together in the next episode of A Matter of Time. I'm looking forward to welcoming you on the next episode of A Matter of Time. With so many incredible stories to talk about and so many iconic models, it's only a matter of time before we get round to them.